Welcome back, everybody. I'm Father Justin Walsh. And I'm Father Josh Walsh. we are the Sons of Thunder. We're going around the world in 60 seconds. Statues of Mary vandalized in a weekend of Catholic church attacks. Boston police are investigating an arson attack on the statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary Saturday night. Sacrilege! Eucharist desecrated. Statues smashed in a series of French church attacks. At least ten incidents of vandalism and desecration of Catholic churches have been reported in France since the beginning of February. Sacrilege! Catholic church vandalized in Liverpool. Police are investigating the vandalism of St. Oddwald, the church in inner city Liverpool that had windows smashed and graffiti painted on it Saturday. Sacrilege! Chinese Catholic church demolition is latest in a series of church bulldozings. The Catholic church in China has been demolished by government agents, the latest in a series of church demolitions in China. Sacrilege and thank you communism. Arrest made in Florida, Catholic Church burning. A Florida man has been arrested, reportedly admitted crashing a minivan into a Catholic Church and setting it on fire. That's right, sacrilege. Pope Francis expresses sadness after Hagia Sophia is declared a mosque. Pope Francis expressed sadness Sunday after Turkey's decision to convert the former Byzantine Cathedral of Hagia Sophia back into a mosque. Thousand years of sacrilege. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our topic today for Catholic Lives Matter. Uh, boom, boom. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Here, Here we, we go. go. Here now. we go now. In light of what's been going on in this country, savage mania madness, and I'm not trying to uh, diminish the underlying issues of race, culture, and the rest of things that are serious problems uh, onto the present day and age that we're living in. But we are not changing the name of this segment. We came up with it over three years ago. Uh, it has been very popular, and we mean no disrespect to anybody. Uh, but as you heard throughout the 60 seconds around the world, Catholic lives, Catholic culture, and Catholic institutions do matter, and they are being attacked front and center right now. And so we just want to talk a little bit uh, about what in the heck is going on once again uh, with the violence towards the Catholic Church. Now, historically, everyone, religious persecutions uh, do not start uh, with some huge bang. Right, So everybody's like, whoa, we're under persecution. We need to do something about it. They start calmly, they start collectively, and they start very simply. So if we go back to uh, World War II and the atrocities committed against our Jewish brethren, uh, the first thing that Hitler did was to take away the, the Jewish people's right to own pets. Now think about that for a second. If, if all of a sudden that happened and you were like, well, that's odd. You know, but I guess it's pets. And you know? bicycles, right? And that was, no, that was law number two. It's was, was bicycles. No, it's because they, they knew what they were doing. This was, this was a, a calculated attack on them. And so it's the frog in water, boiling water, in which all of a sudden, slowly but surely, this thing, uh, you know, begins to, to get more intense. And so, you know, if we were to have gone back even six or seven months ago, and you would have heard, and this is just a few of the stories. I was just reading one this morning about how somebody went up in Canada. Uh, there was an attack on, an, on, on a stations of the cross. In, they were wooden stations of the cross in the church, and somebody took a chainsaw in and uh, sawed off the tops of the, of the stations of the cross. And see, no one is really reporting this. Obviously, we are getting our news from... Uh, the good people on the various Catholic uh, websites, news websites out there that are trying to bring this up 
front and center. But you're not turning on uh, nightly news. You're not going to uh, you know uh, you know mainstream media websites and seeing. You know, these, I mean, a statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary was set on fire. That is, that, that, that's, what do they call it? Hate? Uh, yeah. Not hate speech, but it, it's a hate crime. I mean, th- that's not just like vandalism. That's vandalism in the, of a religious something uh, because you hate that religion or you hate what it stands no, for. I mean, imagine you take an image of Muhammad and chop his head off. Right, publicly. <clears throat> what so, kind of, burn yeah. it in effigy. What's going to happen? How is the Muslim community going to res- respond to that? Exactly, or even the government. I mean, it would be all over the place that, heck, you can't even, uh, you know, in some of these major movements, political movements, if you say anything bad about them, you know, immediately you're, 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 you, know, you have to come out with an apology, and yet... When it's the Catholic Church, and I'll, I'll you know, bring our Protestant brethren into it as well, when it's Christianity, and I couldn't tell you why, but for some reason, Judaism and Christianity uh, are the two big targets that are left that you can attack, and there's no repercussions whatsoever. And so I, I think we're at a point right now that we need to be a little bit more vocal uh, about the atrocities that are being committed against Christ, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, religion, Christianity, and even Judaism, that's clearly been on the uptick. Uh, If you think back even over the last decade, the amount of of massacres that have surrounded uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters, in which gunmen have walked in and and gunned down, you know, religious services that were taking place, uh, and now seemingly this is coming for us. And I know recently our our brother in Christ, uh, Father Brandon Wolf. Uh, associate at Spirit of Life in Mandan had showed us um, a Twitter feed in which uh, he, in fact, had a buddy, a priest buddy, um, that was down in St. Louis, in which there was this whole, uh, I believe it was a Black Lives Matter movement um, that had really swelled into um, a whole pile of people. And he was sitting there doing, I think, what a priest does best and what a priest should be doing. He was teaching. And so there's two, two kind of points that I have with this. You know, he was saying, he was talking about the Crusades and, you know, why these Crusades happened. And they're like, because the Catholic Church was oppressing people. And he's like, no, you know, look at what was going on, you know, in, in the Ottoman Empire at the time and the slaughter of Christians. And he's like, we were just trying, trying to defend ourselves and this whole thing. He did a phenomenal job, you know, teaching about the reality of what, in fact, uh, you know, these historical events consisted of. But the freakish comment that was made, and it was just ever so subtle, but he was talking about King Louis or Saint, uh, not Louis. Yeah, St. Louis. St. Louis, yep. Uh, who St. Who Louis is named after, who is buried, if I'm correct, at the St. Louis Cathedral. Is that right, Logan? Because he's down there? No? I don't think so, no. He's na- the, the cathedral is That's named, the name, yeah, named the namesake. After. So there's maybe a plaque or something down there. The statue, des- I'm sure. Yeah, that describes this. And so he said, uh, you know, he was talking about the good things that this king had done. And he said, all you got to do is go down to the cathedral, and, you know, there's, like, history down there that you can study yourself. And all of a sudden, one lone person shouts out, yep, we're coming for that cathedral next. Well, then, I think it was the next day or two, uh, the founder, I forget his name, of Black Lives Matter, um, came out and said that stained glass depicting Jesus of the Blessed Virgin Mary should be a subject of attack or removal, maybe it was, 
statues of the saints, all of these things. Especially because, the Indo-European Yeah, order. the Indo-European, because they represent, you know, all of this oppression. And so that all of a sudden, it was like, boom, front and center. So what, is that, what does that mean? You know, so can we now throw rocks uh, through stained glass windows? Can we set churches on fire? Well, some people uh, are clearly taking that as um, a, a, you know, a, a, a mission, if you will. A, a Florida man was arrested, as we just had in 60 seconds around the world. He drove his minivan into the church while Mass was going on. And through some sort of a device uh, into the church that set fire to the church and and burned the church down. So you're not hearing that. I mean, if we're hearing about all these statues being pulled down, a Catholic church in Florida was burned to the ground, which is another hate crime. A statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary was set on fire. The Eucharist was desecrated in in France. And again, this is just a handful of issues. Um, you know that that are that are happening, and so we're going to keep our eyes set on what is going on with violence against uh, Catholics, violence against church structures, violence against religion. I, I again, and I, a lot of people know that I'm keeping my eyes on the signs of the times. But <laughs> when was the last time you saw this happen? And I, I'm pretty sure this has been. You know, with us over over the decades, there's no doubt, or over the centuries even, there's no doubt about it. But, but again, it's happening on a on a on a global level uh, again, in which the Catholic Church very easily could enter into a time uh, of new persecution on on you know for many many different reasons. Yeah, I'm not gonna. <clears throat> I you know I. My brother's kind of the, the gloom and doom <clears throat> sort of, you know, transition of the entire world, and, and I would be a little more reserved. <clears throat> but I think we would agree on the point that there is something definitely coming. <clears throat> uh, what that looks like uh, nationally, what that looks like on a state level, what that looks like globally, I have no idea. <clears throat> but you are seeing an uptick in violence. And uh, I, I just, I mean, I preached a whole homily on this. I just said, look, the uptick in violence is coming because of one. I, I would argue one thing. We don't have Jesus. Uh, I think it was Dostoevsky, <clears throat> the Russian author, he said there are two ages of mankind, from the rise of man to the death of God, and from the death of God to the annihilation of man. Because he said when God is dead, all things are permissible. And what he meant was is if you don't have any type of religion or any type of moral compass, then yeah. I mean, everybody's, I mean, we, we actually, I mean, this is a good tie-in. This is how the Holy Spirit works. If you listen to Eric Lowe and his, his interview we just had, if you have no, no moral compass, you have exactly what he's talking about, which is this conglomeration, this society that he was living in with people that only cared about themselves. If you, if you wanted me to define hell, that's how I would define it. Hell is a place and a state of being in which the only thing you can think about is yourself and what you've done wrong. <clears throat> and, I mean, we heard it from him. I mean, that guy was literally living in hell and on this earth. Uh, and so, and, and what happens? What, what was the thing that healed that? God reaches in, God, divine intervention. So what does that look like? I don't know, well, but there here, is going to be a divine intervention. And I'm gonna, there has to be. And this is kind of where this whole you know Catholic Lives Matter segment. I want to I want to go here <laughs> uh, because when you think about you know the story that we heard with Eric, um, you know to a certain extent 
Josh and I maybe at some point for the Josh and I will share our vocation stories. I know for myself, uh, I didn't hit that rock bottom, but I certainly had an awakening uh, in my life back to religion, you know, 20 years ago, and uh, which sent me into seminary. But I, I know what that means. And there's, there's a certain element of, depending on where you're at, if you're away from Christ, as we're saying, of, of encountering what it's like to live without him, the dysfunction that comes with that when God turns you over to yourself. So he takes a step back and says, okay, if you don't want me in your life, and this is the life that you want, and this really is hell, you know, if this is where you want to be for all eternity, God is going to give you that. Most people don't realize that they're in that state until, uh, you know, they hit this sort of rock bottom, but then all of a sudden it comes clear, and you're like, okay, I can't do this without Jesus. I can't do this without my Catholic faith. Uh, my life is no good even without the Catholic faith. Now, I bring that up because I want to transition that over to the entire world. Because we have been on a course of a century right now in which, and this for the life of me, I cannot figure out why anybody would want, not want Jesus and Jesus' teaching and the Catholic faith in their life. But you can see over the last hundred years that there has been a a calculated systematic effort by, I would say, the minority, and I'm not going to get into governments and politics and all this stuff, but all you need to do is read the history and you will find you know, that there are people that, uh, over the course of this last century, that truly and totally hate religion. And they want the Catholic Church gone. They don't want the oppression, quote-unquote, of it being there. They want the enlightenment of man, man serving and living for man, and man enthroned, uh, as God in the life of, of, of mankind. And in fact, that's what we've gotten. And so what we're faced with right now is, I mean, whether it be COVID or whether it be economics or whether it be, you know, the, the total polarization in politics that we've experienced, that slowly but surely when man reigns as man, you're going to get death. And now that it's this huge global system, there is no solution that man is going to come up with uh, that is going to solve this problem. But like any individual, I think the entire globe right now has to get to rock bottom. And in that rock bottom, it's saying, well, we've done this to ourselves, and maybe this Jesus wasn't such a bad uh, you know, answer to, to, or even way to live over, over two millennia, and we need to return to that. So there are, and I'm going to condition this uh, with this is all private revelation. You don't need to believe it. may not even be true. <laughs> um, but there have been seers over the course of uh, this last century, starting with Fatima uh, back in 1917, that, that talk about a new time uh, of the reign of the Immaculate Heart, uh, the divine mercy. Uh, Jesus says, I'm at the very gates. We're in a time of mercy, he says, but after this is coming a time of judgment, and over the last ten to twenty years, there have been a even fifty years a megaton surge of of seers. Some which have proved to be false, others uh, of which have had no ruling on them by the church, neither here nor there, because we're still waiting for some of the things that they say uh, to be fulfilled. And even in our modern time, um, many, many, many of them that are uh, sort of collectively have it, it converged. Uh, into a message of this thing is about to happen right now. And the interesting part about it is many of them have you know, said months in advance, you know, there will be an airborne disease, for example, out of China, and you're reading it saying, well, what the heck? 
boom, all of a sudden, uh, COVID hits. One of the most interesting of them, though, getting into the world's conversion, uh, is Garibandal, which happened back in the 1960s. Now, there's a couple of really good... Uh, there's a new movie that just sort of talks about it, uh, titled Garibandal, that's out. Um, I would recommend watching it. And there's some others that uh, kind of explain what exactly these apparitions are. Now, they are, they are neither approved nor condemned. For all we know, they're going to be false. But one of the visionaries at Garibandal, uh, they all saw this, this uh, moment of what's called the divine illumination, um, you know, some talk about an illumination of conscience. Basically, the gist of it is is that all time stops, and in this moment, you're going to see your soul as Christ himself sees it. And so, if you're going to hell, you're going to see why you're going to hell. You're going to see what you've done uh, to damage yourself and your soul. If you're going to purgatory, same thing. If you're going to heaven, the same thing. And depending on the world's response depends on the trajectory of, of where we go. And so it's almost like in that rock-bottom moment that this divine illumination happens, and we all sort of hopefully in that moment return to God. Even in May 16, 2010, there's this Benedictine monk uh, who wrote this book, Insinu Jesu. It is absolutely phenomenal, especially if you go to Eucharistic Adoration. Uh, most of the priests I know uh, have are reading it or have it, have read it, seminarians, same thing. But it's all really the gist of this is about how the Lord desires us uh, to be in adoration. But there is a, a little quote here I want to read um, in which uh, he, he, he talks about, uh, you know, this, this time that's, that's coming, that he's going to give the world a sign. He says, Yes, I have united you to heart to heart uh, with my servant, Pope Benedict, back in 2010. Um, and from the very beginning... Uh, he is a victim priest in, a, in, in, a, in the midst of a world that closes its ear to my word. This is Jesus speaking. Soon, he says, I will give the world a sign that will convert many hearts, but many will remain closed in, in their refusal to listen and to be healed of the ravages of sin. And so there's, like, again, I mean, it's a beautiful book. He's like, the sign that's coming. What is that sign? Well, many, many speculate it's the divine illumination. And so I just want to tell everybody about a, a really awesome website. It's called Countdown to the Kingdom. It's created by several different people, Mark Mallett uh, being one of them. But if you want to read a little bit more about this stuff, Countdown to the Kingdom, and then, of course, uh, Mark Mallett's uh, website. Um, what is it? The Word? Uh, I can't remember his website now. The Word. I want to say Word on Fire. That's Bishop Barron. Yeah, I would, you know, um, so as I think this is not unprecedented either. So if you look in the history, salvation history, you have... Uh, God, you have divine interventions all the time, right? And it, I, I just preached a homily on this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was actually a line I heard from Bishop Robert Barron. He said, uh, "He said, how odd of God to choose the Jews." <clears throat> now, I don't know who he was quoting, but he got to, he was you know he's saying, "Why did God choose Israel? What on earth did they contribute to the global?" the history of salvation history. And he, he was like, they're not the most powerful. They weren't even close. You know, there was a, a time maybe with King David where they had a regional influence in Solomon. It wasn't their, like, outstanding leadership. If you read the book of Kings, it says over and over and over, you know, then came Jeroboam, and he did more evil in the sight <laughs> of the Lord than all kings prior. And right. it, just, it was awful leadership. And so what was it about Israel? <clears throat> I think uh, why God chose Israel is because he's trying to teach us something. And it's because God values something that we don't always value, and that's dependence. 
And I think during these times of crisis and pandemic and all these things that God is giving us opportunities left and right to trust him. It's like it's kind of like he's hand, he's holding out his hand and saying this is it this is your last chance to trust me and if you trust me we can set this thing right if you don't there is going to be a major intervention what that looks like I don't know if it's an illumination of conscience maybe uh, that would sure as you know scare the hell out of me no pun intended there like literally I don't know how I stand before God I try. Um, or is it some miracle in the cosmos? Is it, I don't know. Or is it a global catastrophe? A war. A nuclear war? I don't know. But it, you can see we're just, we're moving faster and faster and faster towards this cliff. <laughs> and if, if something doesn't happen, we're going to fail. And again, if you look at the scriptures, God allows this to happen. He says it over and over, just turn back to me. Yep. return to me. And the Jews just say, no, no, no. What happens? They go into Egypt. They're slaves for 450 years. They go to Babylon. They're slaves for 50 years. The two biggest moments of Israel's history are the crossing of the Red Sea, which is them getting out of the slavery hell, and then the, Babel, the return from the Babylonian exile. And what hap- why did they go into the Babylonian exile? If you read about it over and over and over, these kings would not trust the prophets. The prophets were saying, you don't have to worry about these people. God is going to take care of this. And what do the kings do? They side with the world, right? They set up these pagan alliances, and that's what leads them into slavery. God allows it because God reverences free will. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can see, as, as Father Josh here is saying, I, I, I think everybody feels the boiling pot, Right. I mean, you can't help but to turn on the news, read the news, uh, maybe your own communities. Things are not normal right now. I mean, the entire thing is kind of semi-locked up, maybe if you're on the coast, totally locked up. Church isn't what it used to be. Our regular lives aren't what it, what the, we don't know what's going to be going on in the fall. And then you're like, oh, okay, because you know, the movement is to, you know, to, to turn towards a government solution. We turn on the news and we're like, what the heck's going on there? These people aren't getting along. Uh, and so there's, you know, your leadership is, is all over the place. And then probably one of the most telling things is this global breakdown of law. You know, I mean, initially it was the moral law and everybody's like, well, you know, it's moral law. That's Catholic teaching. I believe what you believe, blah, 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 blah. Well, once the moral law is gone, then all of a sudden we got into natural law in which things that should be totally obvious to people aren't any longer. You know, we kick God out again. And now we're wondering why civil law is breaking down because there's absolutely, I mean, if you don't have moral law and you can't, you don't even, I mean, natural laws out the window, you can't even understand your own natural makeup, then why on earth is anybody going to obey civil law? And once civil law breaks down, well, then you've got almost like a global revolution in which, again, we're, I mean, it, the, the pump is primed for this thing, <laughs> and we're still looking for a solution from man. It's not coming. It's going to get worse in the fall, and you've got all of these seers across the globe right now that don't even know each other that are saying this very thing from God. Turn back to me, as Father Josh was saying. Let trust in me. And instead, we're just you know, barreling along down the track, which the other end of this is if we don't turn to him and convert, then there is this global thing. I believe that it's coming. I'm trying to scare anybody, but you need to go to confession. If you don't go to confession, now is the time to go if there ever was one. Prepare your hearts. And you need to get into prayer. You need to trust Jesus because we, we are in for a ride and that's Catholic, Catholic Lives, Lives Matter. Matter. <clears throat> so uh, we're going to turn it over to Eli for a preview of the next show. Hey, thanks, Father. 
Next show coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network, hosted by Deacon Dan Goshi and Father Daniel Weiske, coming to you from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, North Dakota. They'll be visiting with Father Matt Miller of the Diocese of Duluth. He's one of the newest priests in the diocese, so you'll have a chance to meet him. Then Father Daniel Weiske, Deacon Dan Goshi, Dan Johnson, and Seminarian Dan Hammer will sit down and have a chat. We'll have not just three, but now we'll have four Dans sitting around the table. You won't want to miss that. Followed by another Dan, Dan O'Reilly, who will talk about following the call to the permanent diaconate. All this and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Thanks, Eli. Boy, that's a lot of Dan's and uh, Deacon Whiskey. We remember, we remember, I know it's Whiskey, but we interviewed him like a year ago, man. I had a lot of fun with that. Anyway, uh, I just want to throw up, as vocation director, I am still vocation director until August 1st, uh, I want to just do a quick promo of our golf tournament. It's going to be happening July 27th, Monday. It's the sixth annual Seminarian Scholarship Golf Event. We uh, do this every year to raise money for the seminarians. <clears throat> this year is going to be a little more laid back, uh, but we still want you all to come out. We want to keep the momentum going that we have. Registration begins at noon. Shotguns start at 1. Teams uh, are going to be made up of four. You can also ask a seminarian to be on your team if you need a contact or you want me to uh, assign one to you. Just give me a call at the diocese or write. My email is very public. My cell phone is very public. We're also having a gun raffle. Two guns were donated. One was a Benelli shotgun and the other one uh, is a rifle, I think a 22 250. Uh, we have 50 50 uh, raffle prizes, door prizes, lunch and dinner provided. Proceeds all go to the Seminary and Scholarship Fund. For registration or sponsorship information, please visit cfwnd.org or call the Catholic Foundation at 701-204-7229. That's 701-204-7229. Everybody, it has been our pleasure uh, here on the Sons of Thunder show to be with you again after all of these months. We're going to be coming at you on a more regular basis. Uh, I just want to give out my email for anybody who would like to write, frwaltz at me.com. That's frwaltz at me.com. Real Presence Radio has been so good to us to allow Father Josh and I to write the Sons of Thunder show now, but we want to hear from you, and we want to address the topics uh, that you want to hear about. And so until next time, I'm Father Justin Waltz. And I'm Father Josh Waltz. And we are the Sons of Thunder. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.